Hello and welcome back to the Jim Burns and Dave podcast. We've been away, or some of us at least, doing real work while the other one just sits around. And we've just... Are you fucking joking? Excuse me. Actually, do you know what? I watched three seasons of a show called The Last Ship while you were away. Yeah, exactly. The Last Ship. The Last Ship. I hear it's another one of those kind of dad-centric shows where they save the world. Well, you know that because that's what I said. Yeah, that's that's why I said I heard it. I didn't say I thought that. I'm not plagiarising you. Okay, you what are. do you want? A fucking hard yeah, reference system? Yeah, but you're not giving me the correct attribution. I don't... You it's Pat's a theft, that, mate. You're, Who, cl- right, you're who's claiming... In it? You're claiming... Yeah? ...that a cogent thought entered no. your head... No, no, no. And you're, claim- not, you're not telling anyone where it came from. No, it I came said from, It I came from heard. the tweets of Jim Trinker, yeah, culture critic. which are all fucking shy anyway. <laughs> and I said I'd heard, not that I'd formulated despite, in my own Despite which, brain, you hadn't heard, you'd fucking read... Oh, right. Oh, welcome to the Semantics Hour with the biggest tossers in town. We're back from Japan. Yeah, exactly. Not that Japan's got anything to do really with uh, that. But we went to Japan, mm-hmm. back on topic, and it was really good. I like Japan. And I like Japan because, here's the thing, you remove the kind of mundanity of everyday life, the cynicism, when you walk into a 7-Eleven, which is big there, and you just, uh, you're like, I don't know what anything, anything means here. Uh, you know, a few a few words or phrases, but you're trying to read, you know, what these things are, where you're buying food stuff, so what even beers? You're like, man, which beer is this? Apart from the brand name, is this the alcohol-free version? Do they do that? It's like baby's day out, but you've got a credit card. <laughs> so you're kind of like strutting about. <laughs> you're completely helpless in almost, in almost anything you do, but you're backed by the terrible power of money. Food and drink is very obvious to have in in a supermarket but t-shirts and underwear and socks that's why it's a great nation you can buy a tie in 7-eleven just in case it's amazing you're doing the walk I mean, of shame don't can, worry about it there's a whole new outfit where exactly. you can buy a tie in fucking tesco to be fair yeah but like, tesco's not a convenience store if you, this is like a this was like a tesco metro all right okay, yeah a whole fair, outfit fair change yeah you can buy like pajamas in a, a big tesco but not in a Tesco Express or a Metro. And also, it's the weekend. What are you going to do? You're going to go with your mates to 7-Eleven, buy a load of beers and sit outside and get pissed. Yeah. Loads that's what of businessmen. Yeah, loads of them. Yeah? Loads of them. That's what they do. That sounds good. I saw a guy who had his jacket over his shoulders and he was wearing a, an expensive Rolex. Good tie as well. Tell us the model. Yeah. Uh, it was a date <laughs> just. And he, uh, he was just, he was standing outside smoking. I was like, he, you know this 7-Eleven you thought to yourself I'm going to take up smoking now yeah now we also we got some photographs and uh, of us standing outside the Mm 7-Eleven and I tell you what the frontage the 7-Eleven sign is the best lighting it's just beautiful it makes you look great it It the fill it makes you look fantastic I mean considering that essentially is this why there were loads of really really nicely lit photos of you guys going up when you were holding umbrellas yes because I did think I was like have those fuckers hired a photographer (laughs) When I saw them back, I was that's that's brilliant. Because those photos look great, like yeah. you know, and like the street behind you was all kind of darkened out because because yeah. of the film. We got light. the permits. We got the permits. Yeah. And, I uh, thought I'm gonna you, shut this down a block that way, <laughs> two blocks that way. Because I thought I was like, are they on set? Like, what's going on? So, all right, well done. So, is that? Do you think that's deliberate? Then, do you think people love taking selfies outside the Seven Eleven? Yeah, very very bright. Fair enough. St- sticking on Japan, then first question. Chris Wickstead, what does Japan do better than England? Everything. Trains. I mean, most things. Video games. Yeah, the, I like the trains because in the super train, I think it's called that, you can turn. So, you know, imagine there's two sets of two and they're both facing forward. And Dave, 
uh, can't face backwards when he's traveling on a train because he's, he's 10. Uh, but if you're like, yeah, I want to convert this. this into a four yeah. and hang out, you go, and you can roll it around. You can chat. It's just better. And also, here's the thing. Crucially, they're on time. If it's like, look, it's going to be at 10 too, it's going to be at 10 too. There yeah. you go. In, in, in my experience anyway. But uh, that's very good. That's... Everyone's very polite, like very polite, as mm-hmm. you know, probably if you've heard anything about Japan's, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's it's nice. Also, one thing they do have in in certain shops is if you buy alcohol, or I think even like cigarettes or something, there's a touchscreen, and you have to press the thing saying that you are over the age required. Which is uh, kind of funny. Can you, can you imagine having that in Britain? i will be fantastic when yeah, you're 14. Yeah, mate. Yeah, take. I am definitely. It's Just like... anyway, 24 hooch. <laughs> now, uh, it says that the staff can obviously deny if you're like 12, whatever. But imagine some borderline cases in... Uh in Britain they're just like hammering that fucking thing all day long that's great so they've essentially they've docu-signed the, the age verification process yeah. so it's just like well touch screen yeah yeah okay. absolutely there you go. Uh, Listen, I am declaring I'm old enough to buy this so it's now on me exactly <laughs> they're resolving themselves really because you know they're like well yeah but yeah. In, well in general it sells you know you can, as you say you can buy ties in, in the equivalent of Tesco Metro so that's better just in case you need a tie I don't think I've ever actually needed a tie in my life but I'll keep that in mind yeah. Mate, when you go in the BAFTAs again? Yeah. Bow tie, though, isn't <laughs> this it? This time was a winner. They don't sell bow ties in there. I'm afraid. But no, it was great and pleasant and nice. We had some great food, and we can't really talk about what we were doing there, but we were doing fun stuff. And they had that bar where you could fire BB guns, that replica airsoft cool. shit. In, yeah. um, oh, by the way, I had the best idea ever, Jim. I'm going to buy an office, and then... The entrance is going to be just a little BB gun shooting range. And you're coming in a special gun, you've got to fire your way through. And if you don't get the score, you don't get the meeting. Exactly. This is good. Yeah. But yeah, I fired an AK-74. Mm-hmm. It was good. Full auto. I Great. think we should tell people what we were over there for. And what we were doing is a fully licensed James Bond theme show. That's oh, what we yes, were there to sorry. produce. We were doing the uh, the fully licensed James Bond theme show, which I saw... And uh, it was was a game show slash chat show from what I could discern, which was essentially nothing uh, apart from the visuals. And it was, yeah, it was interesting. But all the stings were, so when a contestant or celebrity came out, you know, like they do on Jonathan Ross or whatever, to sit down on the sofa, it was like a, a basically like a tiny sample from one of the songs. And this was uh, from A View to a Kill, you know, the opening of that song. And I was like, this is, yeah, I'm enjoying this. At least it's not heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Or the chaser, the chase, the chase. Oh, the chase is great. Called. That's one of the only ones that isn't shite. No, shut up, mate. Shut What's up. the one with the two with the shit is pointless? Oh fuck me, they're bad. They are, yeah, that's bad. And uh, what's the? No, they're all crap, basically. Although when I was there, when I was there, I uh, I turned on the, the television one morning just before we went out to shoot. Yeah. And a guy came out uh, on the he was on the telly and he was doing an impromptu press conference. It looked like, mm-hmm. and he started crying. And then it had these like really tasteful black and white photographs of a young man who I assumed maybe his son, uh, but he looked famous. You know, he was in, like singing or whatever. And then they showed his age, and they and I was like, he's dead. That's it. He's gone. It's over. And that's why he's crying. Apparently, so I asked someone in Japan who I knew, mm-hmm. and they were like, nah. Apparently, one of those guys has been doing drugs or something, and now they've got to go out and apologise. I mean, in Asia, there's apologies really fucking well. I mean, and Japan do it really... Not as good as North Korea, 
but what the hell? Right, the, the Tiri Public uh, apologies. Oh yeah, so I mean, you I, don't get executed in Japan for it. You just have no. to do a massive cry. Yeah, I thought that uh, he must be dead because this level of outpouring of you know of grief or emotion is only on telly. That's only reserved for when someone gets iced. But they weren't. They'd just been doing, I don't know, some drugs. So That's mad. The only thing I can think of that's equivalent here is, um, so what was it, Richard Bacon got caught doing cocaine? Oh, yeah. And, like, the, um, the, the commissioner of Children's BBC had to apologise live on air. And it, it was proper. I, do you remember that? I love apologising on behalf of someone else. It was Richard else. Bacon, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he got fired from Blue Peter. Got fired from Blue Peter and... And I'm pretty sure it was like it was the controller of Children's BBC or some some high up anyway, and she was like, you know, we're very very sorry. Uh, Richard has been a very naughty man, <laughs> kind of thing. And it was proper like now, children. Well, let's move swiftly past. We should that probably cut that. and say that uh, I very much enjoyed my time in Japan, and uh, although mm-hmm. we can't talk much about it, we'll say that our the people we're out with. Thank you very much. It was good. Yeah. I liked it. I'm going to squeeze a little ja- Japanese question in while we're still here, just because I, I know the answer from at Welsh boy Mick. Best Japanese food. I tell you what, they do fucking well. I mean, I don't eat as much of it as you do. Fried chicken. Fried they, chicken over there is amazing. It is amazing. Mm-hmm. There is. I no mean, obviously, there's like around. miso soup and sushi and the proper stuff, but yeah. the fried chicken. Is- yeah, there's no fucking around on that. Mm. And there we go. Also, in in terms of beer, you order a beer, it comes like a Kirin, for example. It comes in a massive steen, and it's ice cold. The like the beer's ice cold. The thing it arrives in, the glass, the mug, whatever. And Kirin Ishiban as well. That's a good beer. Yeah, is is ice cold. It's like this is how it should always be served. Like this, not some grotty weather spoon shite. And you got a little button that you press for for more. Oh yeah, and it's, yeah. yeah, you go out and it's all you can eat and all you can drink for like four thousand five. You can't years. have that in Britain though. No, you can't. Well, that's the mad thing is every time I every time I'm not in this country. It makes you wonder how so many people in this country are convinced that it's great. Because it's like, have you been literally anywhere else? Well, no. The, this is a shithole. That's the reason like, why. Britain Excuse is. Me, stop talking Britain down. Britain is bad. It's generally bad. Yeah. Like the only, like the only places that are worse than Britain are actual war zones. Everywhere else <laughs> is better. Like, right. Put that in right. I'll review the comments. And it's not on because that. it's not because Line judge. It's not because until recently, well, until recently, it's not because we're poor. It's not because we're bad at stuff. It's we're not, not poor. We're it's, very rich. It's just because we keep scheme. we keep voting for the biggest tossers, and we've got this island nation attitude of of, of superiority that hasn't been earned. Um, and it's just based on the fact that our ancestors were the biggest tossers on the planet at one point. Mate, they're well good at the pillaging. And it just it just strikes me as you cannot you cannot possibly have been to any other country and still think that Britain is the best one. Well, listen, so, listen, I'm not entertaining it now because uh, we'll, this will run on for another 25 hours. That's Next true. question, David. Hold on, no, no, no. Before we get there, before we get there, let's let's rewind this a second. So while we were working. Mm-hmm. What were you doing, Jim, apart from watching The Last Grip? I or... was doing work. Um, mm-hmm. I was doing editing work, as you mm. well know, Stephen. Mm. Don't know. But what, was, but what went on in Britain while we were away? Right, we fine. did have a red sky yesterday, didn't we? Yeah, we, we, we had back a red sky. I didn't get it where I was. Me and Dave had a red sky. You missed it because you're in fucking Kent or wherever. Yeah, exactly. But, um, exactly. But I'm not in fucking urban shithole London. No, well, we're in proper. It was London. like the mist, though, because he messed me going, holy shit, look at the sky. And we live about three streets away from each other, me and Jim. Yeah. And I looked out, I was like, 
well, it's, it's the it same mad. as it always is. Great. It was mad. He was like, "No, I'm not seeing it." And literally under my like my sky was like blood red, like fucking like bloodborne. I was gonna say Zelda, but like I've never heard of it. There's, there's, then about ten minutes later, Moon thing in Zelda. Boom. Ten minutes later, Dave. I was in Dune. Yeah, so it's mm. like it was mad. It was like it was proper. But people were taking photos of it in central London, and it looked proper apocalyptic. It looked mm. like somebody had dropped a nuke on the Thames, and also well not properly because you know the water was still there. But you know what yeah. I mean. And and so was the rest of it. Yeah, but like it looked very very bleak. It looked well, Mad Max. Bleaker than. Than London usually looks because it's it's a really London doesn't look metropolis. London's the greatest city on earth. It really apart from isn't. like all it the others. Really You've just spent twenty minutes slagging off the whole of the UK. And listen, there's a, there is listen. There is a difference between London and England. They are two completely separate things, as far as I'm concerned. But they they soon will be. London's going to secede. Yeah, exactly. They're going to get all fucking war. I mean, it basically has seceded because we're ring fencing all the cash. But exactly. that's another story. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, even London I find to be quite boring these days. It is boring. It's bollocks. Oh, look at all the... Yeah, at least the architecture is kind of nice. Get that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, well, who cares? Who mm. fucking cares? Lived here for years. It's shy, isn't it? Now, anyway, next question, Dave. <laughs> okay, moving on from that. Jack Nichols asks, what oh, yeah. film has the best single punch ever? I don't know. I mean, surely, Jim, you're straight in there with one of your little favourite scenes, aren't you? What are you talking about? Welcome to Earth. Oh yeah, that's that's one. It's not a great punch, though. That is it. It's not much. It's not. That's quite an iconic one. It's it's an iconic one. It's a good line, but it's not like you know. It's a. I'm not in love with the dub on that punch either. The noise it makes when he punches the exoskeleton because no. it's a bit of it's a bit it's a bit of a it's more of a bassy sort of. Wouldn't he? Wouldn't so. he break his uh, hand probably doing that as well? Yeah, possibly. Considering that flight suit. Because he is, is. he's punching a flight suit. He's, yeah. he's punching a suit of armour, essentially. Yeah. Uh, which is enough to protect yeah. the... Uh, does it, hold on, is that alien dead? No, it's not. No, so, the alien's not dead. Exactly. No. So, fucking stupid movie. The alien survives fuck. and then kills Brent Spiner, who is alive in the next film, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't have to make sense. Um, mm. what, what was the other it, thing? Here's, here's a punch. that It's from a movie that I... I and this is probably going to be no use to anyone but if anyone knows what this movie is called i'd very much like to know because like what 15 or 16 years ago i came in from a night out i was quite pissed and i turned on the telly and there was this movie on it's an asian movie and the movie starts with a guy and he wanders out of what like a pub or a club and he's wearing a very distinctive purple jacket mm-hmm. like a suit jacket right, what 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 make and model of what well i don't know this is the thing yeah. it was a long time ago and as i said i've been out on the piss anyway and he walks down an alley and someone gets in his face and they they start like punching each other you know circling each other and then there's just this beautiful slow motion uppercut which knocks the guy well off his feet and it's completely overblown now at first i thought this movie was directed by the guy who did verses yeah but it turns out it's not so if you know what that movie is a very distinctive opening at night walks down an alleyway he's got a lovely purple jacket on and he throws a superb slow motion uppercut if you know what that movie is let me know because i've been looking for it for years okay absolutely no idea no no no. not ringing a bell what about the punching back to the future which one where marty lays biff out that's a good one one. i've not i can't i've seen it it's a good one it's really well it's nice comedy timing as well because the the way that biff kind of turns around spins stops and then falls over it's 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 a very well choreographed 
you know, action, adventure, comedy, punch. There we go. Mike Tyson and The Hangover is a good one. Mm, yeah. McLovin. Get in, he gets, like, sucker punched. Yeah. Yeah. What about when Apollo Creed gets his shit ruined? Yeah, that's got to be up there. That's a good one, isn't it? You know, like, the real stonking fucking, was it Right Cross, I think. I like One Punch Mickey knocking out Gorgeous George in uh, Snatch, but that's mostly because Gorgeous George about, uh, was a Adam Fogarty who played for Saints. What about the subplot in My Cousin <laughs> oh, Vinny? <laughs> the subplot in My Cousin Vinny with the guy that owes him $200. Mm-hmm. And like, and he keeps encountering him, and he's like, "Yeah, I got your money." He's like, "How do I know that's not a twenty? Doesn't he owe her the money? It's not a twenty. No, he owes one of them the money. No, because he because she beat him at pool or something, right? Yeah. So, but he's saying that she's great. Yeah, because he keeps wrapping like twenties around. Yeah, ones. yeah. And yeah. he's like, "Listen, I got your money." He's like, "How come I don't know? How do I know that's not just a bunch of ones with a twenty wrapped around them?" And then the last bit. Like, he's, he's on the warpath towards the end of the film and he sees him, he's like, hey, I got your money. And he just fucking lays him out and takes the money <laughs> without, without breaking his stride. So, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a good movie there's punch from, good from Joe Pesci. In, in movies. As as Hollywood's well good at punching. Yeah. I want is. you to hit me as hard as you can. Fight Club. That is a fucking great never one heard in of the it. car park. Never heard of it. No, I've never seen that. Never but seen anyway, it. the top two, unquestionably... Even though I don't really condone either of them. I mean, you don't really, shouldn't really punch anyone in the face. You definitely shouldn't punch animals in the face. Where is this going? And it's not the Newcastle Sunderland guy fucking decks the <laughs> horse. Blazing saddles when he smacks the horse. Oh, that yeah, is yeah. a great punch and some great animal acting. But number one, has anyone ever seen the remake of The Wicker Man? Oh, yeah, where he it's runs fucking past excellent. and punches the... He was running up a hill dressed as a burr and twats this woman in the face. Again, yeah. don't condone that. Definitely the best punch in film it's, history. It's the meme of it that's where you know use if people just don't want to be in a situation. It's fucking it's, brilliant. So I saw while we're on that subject, I saw that movie in the cinema. So I paid probably eight pounds to see it. Right? Wow. Now, what watch were you wearing at the time? Uh, <laughs> that's not pertinent, is it? So anyway, afterwards I came out of the cinema, and I was like, that was that was brilliant. Like there's something about watching that movie on the big screen about thinking to yourself. How the fuck did we get here? <laughs> How on earth did we get here? Mm-hmm. And it's just... I walked out and I was like, you know what? Fair play. I thought it was brilliant. Because it was, you know, not so, not even so bad it's good. Because it's not good. I just thought it's a testament to hubris. Mm-hmm. It's a testament to getting your own way too much of the time. I thought it was fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. Probably the best American movie last so, 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 so you, so you, you, you saw it as an inspirational tale of a man who just keeps getting his own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, because keep on being a dick and it'll pay off. Here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. When you make it, and Dave, Dave will know. And we'll, you know, we we do production stuff. Making anything good is tremendously difficult. It, no matter what scale, there's always going to be something in your way, whether that's financial or production orientated. Or making anything bad is tremendously difficult yeah, as well. <laughs> but yeah, but that middle ground is easy to hit. Making something really bad is an art, mm-hmm. and it the way it has to hang together, the hubris, the money, the the production, the producer, the way. I mean, think of how many dickheads there must have been on that set. Have either of you seen the room yet? No. We should have a little special gun trip. To no, see I don't, you know, it's like Rick and Morty. It's, it's too overexposed now. I don't want to see it. <laughs> Fucking hell. Here we go. I'm not watching. I, no. I'm you not know, playing. I'm glad. Uh, it's funny you say that. I'm glad I got in on the ground with Rick and Morty um, before it became like, oh, fuck. 
it's it's terrible how that show has just become the focal point of like every kind of Reddit dickhead. No, but they literally um, told him to fuck off this week. They, they did, That's yeah. I mean, thing. Dan Harmon's like, we don't want those fucking people in our... But it's like, it's tough. That, that's the association now. So it's like, it's like you can't... You can't enjoy Rick and Morty anymore without those people in the back of your mind. Is it the ones going, oh, women are writing it now? Yeah, that was one of them. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, but those people all latched on to the whole Pickle Rick thing, that episode, which was written by one of the one of the female writing staff. So it's just like, how do you reconcile that? It turns out that, like, you know, women are perfectly capable of doing things. Who fucking knew? But um, Look, cunts will always find a way, right? The fucking Pope spoke out against, like misogyny and you know and saying no it may have been gay is fine and then the right wing of America went nah he's not a real pope is he amazing like, isn't it that's amazing. I mean they just shift the goalposts the to suit gymnastics. a dickhead yeah I mean you know, he's not a real pope it's like well uh, uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg sort of uh, said that um, his uh, his like really fucking hardline stance on abortion was because uh, was, was informed by his catholic faith and it's just like but listen the, the pope like you know, so why do you hate the poor so much? <laughs> Have you read it? Does that mean yeah. does that mean you're 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 on side with the Pope when he says things like I don't know Brexit is stupid? Yeah. Well, I mean, um, speaking of reading books and uh, getting the message all wrong, never read one. That's the Rick and Morty thing. That's also the Fight Club thing, and that's also the American Psycho thing. Yeah. So yeah. American Psycho bears rereading because it's hilarious. Like the satire really works, but it's it's just funny. Like they're not the killing. But the banality of their life, which is blown up into this mass consumerism. And Brace Nellis did an interview where he said the thing that, the, that you couldn't really get across in the, in the movie, which had to be a different beast, really, uh, but most people don't realise about the novel, is that if you actually were to take... So say when he's described, you know, Bateman sits down and he religiously describes what everyone's wearing. Mm-hmm. And he'll go, he'll go down to their socks. And if you could see them, their pants... Not their trousers. Is that David. where you get it from? He, yeah, that's that's what we call it in St. Allen's as well. Shut up. Trousers and pants are no, the same thing. I'm talking about underwear here. Anyway, he says that if you were to... So you would take that and then you would go shopping and you would ask for all those things and you would dress up. You'd look like a fucking clown. Mm-hmm. And that's what, obviously, you can do a lot of, in the movie. You can do a lot of the killing or, you know, certain, certain scenes. But that sort of thing, he's like, the book is not just misrepresented in some of its treatment of certain like people, places, things, but definitely about how the men themselves are treated. They're meant to be fucking idiots. And a lot of people love it because they, you know, they, they think of, when they think of Patrick Bateman, they think of the raincoat and the screaming and the blood on the face. But in the novel, it's made out that Patrick Bateman's whole thing is, of, is just the way that he looks normally. So when he, he goes to a fancy, in the book, he goes to a fancy dress, uh, uh, was it party something for his where he works his fancy dress and he goes just as himself but it's his uh, suit's got real blood on it and uh, it's got some like a bit of someone's finger that he's gnawed all the flesh off uh, to hold the flower and <laughs> and uh, he loses <laughs> and it's clearly real like, but he loses to someone dressed up as a bomb and he's disgusted by this that he's he's like what's going on in this world where I can turn up with women's blood splashed all over my Armani suit? And everyone's like, hey man, nice outfit. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's... Uh, but you are right about taking the wrong things from it and Fight Club is exactly the same with, oh man, this fighting in basement's cool. And you're like, I mean, that is not the point of the film at all. No, but I think... It's a fucking love story. 
But the, the, the problem with translating it to film, and this is, I think, most of the American psycho love is from the movie, uh, is that it's the visuals more than anything. So, Brad, so it's not that effective as an anti-capitalism and anti-men you know, having, you know, not men being themselves and taking their frustrations out in self-destructive ways. When you have Brad Pitt playing your alter ego, because why wouldn't you want to look like Brad Pitt and beat people up? So in the in the Fight Club novel... Well, it, the ending's it, very different, isn't it? Yeah, he, uh, uh, he, he agrees to fight every member of the, uh, of the club and gets about four people in before he gets demolished and then dies and then realises that he's not died, he's just in a psychiatric ward. So, yeah. But I, I don't know, I think, some, I think it's more the visuals. Like, when you see Christian Bale strutting along, looking great, I think people take that part out of it rather than in the book. It's more abstract because he can describe himself, but you're still imagining what he looks like. I can't take someone's business card without looking at it and just thinking of Patrick Bateman and all well, yeah. the chapters. Yeah. Of the- and I think in some of those, some of those chapters are obviously they're amalgamated in, in the movie version, but their, their stupidity of the business card stuff is made a lot more pronounced, more mm. obvious in the book listen just read books don't watch movies they're all bad Next well, question, well carrying along with, a, no. with that thread no I don't um, Chris Rowland asks any favourite costume designs or clothing in film Michael Keaton's uh, Batman outfit that is excellent so is Batman Begins though I don't like that one I don't like it yeah he can't turn his head in that one yeah exactly they even make a but joke about it in the here second we go. Film. here we go but it's more realistic <laughs> Uh, all of uh, all of the costume design in uh, Batman '89 is fantastic, uh, mainly because well they they got away with it because in the '80s the uh, the kind of drape suits that people were wearing were updates of '30s suits and that's what they were going for and they're mm-hmm. kind of you know calling back to the '30s uh, in some of the car designs and in some of their inspiration and so the '80s and the '30s were kind of twinned almost in that way so that worked which is why in the '90s they all just look like fucking shit. Uh, the Godfather. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's got to be great fun to work on a in a costume department of a period piece like Inception. That. The yeah. costume design in Inception is fucking. That's brilliant. not costume design. That's just tailoring. No, no, yeah, no. Come on, now. Because it can be very subtle as well. Yeah, can the the difference in their in their characters portrayed in their in their tailoring, like Ken Watanabe's suit is fucking incredible, and immediately you can see. He knows exactly who he is. Rosemary and Rose's baby. Just a look with her Vidal Sassoon haircut and her tiny little dress looking really frail and yeah. delicate. Yeah. Doesn't have to be a big showy thing. But doing no. something like The Great Gatsby would be fucking brilliant if, yeah. if you're a costume designer. American Gigolo. This is the third time I mentioned it. Go and watch it. Third? It's about the 400th time you've brought it up. Excuse me, I'll be counting. How do you? Well, but... Um... <laughs> it's a terrible film, but the uh, the costume design in David Lynch's Dune is quite spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Fifth that... Element. I really like the costume design in that. Again, terrible movie. Good costume design. I like Fifth Element. It's Everyone fucking, hates he, it. Everyone's like, oh, he wrote when he was fourteen. It shows. <laughs> Luke Perry's in the opening. Why? Why is Luke Perry in the opening? Because he's playing a. Because he's acting. Do you understand how this works? What? You mean he's not still a teenager? He doesn't still live in Beverly Hills? What's going on here? Uh, the Matrix. That's great costumes and that. Yeah. Yeah. O- obviously musicals, Wizard of Oz, Grease, Saturday Night Fever, Moulin Rouge. All of those are fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Jim, any thoughts? Star Trek Four. 
The Quest for More Money. Star Trek Four is bad. Um, is that the one with the whales? Yeah. Um, What's it called? The Search for Spock. The Voyage Home. The Voyage um, Home? Yeah. What, like, what, you just been to fucking a theme park? You've been on the water ride? The Voyage Home? It sounds like shit. Where are they going? Home. But, where, but where's home? <laughs> I mean... But where's home? Home is Earth in the 23rd century. Uh, they're stuck in the 20th century. Well, well, they're, not, well, they're, not, well they're not stuck. Look, it's complicated. They have to go and get some whales because they've died out by the time... Uh, by, by the 23rd century and a probe has turned up looking for them okay so they're stealing everything. they're now stealing our whales they're stealing uh, two captive what whales what the fuck are Greenpeace going to say called, about that? called George and Gracie from well actually this is funny because Greenpeace were really fucked off and so were Peter um, I believe lots of animal rights organisations were really upset with the treatment of the whales in the film what but, the fictional whales yeah but, you know, because they were like, well, you know, you, you're using these whales for the film. They, 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 they don't look very comfortable in that tank and blah, blah, blah. Oh, they're actual you know, whales. They're, well, this is the thing. They're, a t- they're in a tank on a Klingon ship at one point. <laughs> it's, it's oh, like, yeah, but are they, are they real whales or are they well, animated whales? this is the whales? thing. They all thought they were real because they were just that good. But they were all animatronic. There's not, there's not a real whale Fuck in the film. No. Just check. Yeah. Just ask the questions first. But apparently they got lots of angry, like, you know, letters and, and uh, you know... Um, uh, dressing downs from animal rights organisations and Leonard Nimoy's like, uh, listen, we fucking made it out of rubber. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Have we both seen Blackfish, by the way? What? Which is a brilliant documentary no. about SeaWorld putting no, I don't, creatures I don't in like, tanks. I don't like zoos and I don't like SeaWorld. Well, then you're well on board with Blackfish. No, I don't. I, basically, anyone who works at a zoo, get rid of them, shoot them. No, but zoos do some conservation and bring animals Mate, back populations you. back up but yeah if you haven't seen blackfish we haven't mentioned that before talking about documentaries actually mm-hmm. go watch it it's absolutely brilliant i won't i absolutely i won't. mean there's zoos and there's zoos isn't there there's like there's your bad fucking victorian zoos and there's yeah. your, your zoos that are actually um there to make sure that we don't lose species forever which you know they do yeah. great work and then there's you know people who sort of tie a bear to a tree and poke it with a stick yeah. this, is, this is what I love about this podcast we started with any favourite costume designs and we've in about a minute and a half got to a bear being tied to a tree it's fucking well, fantastic you know, I'm just saying can, that, you know, I'm just saying that like, I've, I've, I've read about some Eastern European, European zoos that are in bad need of some uh, true that uh, some regulation anyway what's the next question what is, well actually I mean I suppose linking into that one one of the best um, designed in terms of clothing and stuff has got to be Star Wars yeah obviously brilliant mm-hmm. that's just a given what why are you even bringing it up <laughs> goodness sake okay, I'm segueing into uh, into Saran's question of thoughts on the last Jedi trailer boring very boring just to listen now listen okay I'll tell you one thing about those George Lucas prequels right they're fucking garbage almost from front to back okay however at least they're interesting in some way at least it's not just I'm going to remake The Empire Strikes Back now. Listen, I'll tell you what. The Phantom Menace is is a terrible movie, but two of its scenes are up there with the rest of Star Wars as being, well, say Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and bits of Return of Jedi as being amazing. And the pod race scene and that Darth Maul lightsaber fight at the end are better than anything in episode seven, and I would wager much better than anything in eight or nine. Interesting. 
That's. Uh, <laughs> I don't that's, really disagree. That's quite with you, a take. I'm not. I'm not getting in it. I refuse to even comment. It's so. No, seven was a lot of fun. Force Awakens, but I, I, I agree that there was nothing creatively new in it. I watched the last half an hour of Rogue One on the uh, on the plane because uh, I fast forwarded. So I was like, look, I want to get to the fucking really good bit. The bath the last, scene. The, yeah, the, the last half an hour of Rogue One. Is, is better than the entirety of episode 7. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so, so good. And then Darth Vader turns up at the end and fucks everyone shit up. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see all this fucking... There's a massive, like, there's an almost 50-50 split between people who think uh, Force Awakens is better or Rogue One is better. There's like, yeah, but Force Awakens isn't better. I mean, the, I, mean I, I, I think Rogue One's fucking brilliant, personally. But, like, you know, I've, I've taken a lot of pelters for saying so. Um, Rogue One's got but, a really cool uh, robot. Yeah. It's also got that bit where Darth Vader gets out the bath to have a meeting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's space, the best space, space bath, space isn't it? Bath is the, yeah. He's just decided. Also, what the one thing I didn't like about that scene is that Darth Vader is st- is massively jacked, mm-hmm. and it's like, wait a minute. At the end of Episode Three, I saw like a skinny little man. What was he working out? How is he getting bigger when all his arms are robotic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's that happening? He's been it's on, not, is it? Space test? Is that what you're going to say? He's been, he's been on, on, the on pro- space test. He's been on the protein, hasn't he? <laughs> but he can't work out. <laughs> so. Yes, he can. No, it's a soap opera in space, isn't it? I yes, he can. He's got to work out because he's swimming all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the space bar scene made me fucking howl in the cinema. <laughs> I was like, sorry, sorry. Is it Leicester Square only? Like, sorry. But that, I mean, that is stupid. <laughs> it's like someone's here to see you, master. Oh, sorry, he can't come out to play. He's in the bar. <laughs> It cuts to it, well, it should have cut to like him sitting in the bath watching fucking Dharma and Greg or something. So like, oh, what? Dharma and Greg, <laughs> fucking hell. Uh, Listen, my brain did a, did a my brain did a Google for thing Darth Vader is least likely to watch. But and that's what I, came back. I like some of the characters, Finn and Ray, mm-hmm. fantastic in Episode Seven. Mm-hmm. But the situations they find themselves in are just really one note Xeroxes of. The original Star Wars and Peace of Empire Strikes Back. My, and yeah. Kevin the Space Teenager as the, as the antagonist. <laughs> yeah. He's so boring. It's a shit villain. He's terrible. I, I've had this argument with so many people. Like that, the, 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 the episode seven villain, Kylo Ren, is fucking terrible. He's crap. Well, it's just an email with a lightsaber. There's save, nothing menacing about him. I think uh, episode eight, I don't know, I like the director, and but I, I, the, the trailer for me was just extremely flat. I know they don't want to give much away, mm. but it's just like she arrives on the island. She's going to do some training. The, ooh, what's in the cave? Maybe maybe that's just what they want you to think, man. But oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not getting I can't get to it. I think, I think it's because I hate him. He's not a credible threat. <laughs> he's not a credible threat. He's not a credible threat. But um, I think with, with, with Star Wars, though, it's like we are getting a Star Wars film every year now. And with um, the trailers and the build-up to Force Awakens was a moment because it had been so long and there was all, there's all that... The context of like the last trilogy being like terrible. You'll never um, ever have that gap again in our yeah. lifetime unless yeah. they lose so much money that people stop going to Star Wars films. Yeah. And then they have to wait a couple of decades. But I mean, that's not going to happen, is it? Yeah. I mean, th- th- that's the thing. Like, it was uh, with The Force Awakens, it was like we're, we're it was waiting for the return. And so everyone's watching the trailers like, oh, this time around, it's like. It's because they've got shareholders, and so every year you don't make a Star Wars film or a Batman film or whatever, you actively choose not to make a billion Mm dollars. So then there's going to be a time where people could sit down and go, 
fucking hell, Batman makes a billion dollars. Why don't we make two Batman films a year? We can shoot two at the same time and people mm-hmm. go watch them. Why are we only making one Star Wars film at a time? Yeah. And then you'll have two or you'll have three until people start going, oh, this is shit and stop going. Mm-hmm. Fact. Well, it's getting to that point with superhero movies, isn't it? Well, it's already yeah, but people are still going to them. Yeah. I mean, how many Marvel movies? There are like multiple Marvel movies a year now and people are just like... Ugh. I've only ever seen one of one. them really, really does financially terribly. Mm. But I mean, you, you spread the threat so much now in mm. terms of co-production and stuff that well, doesn't I don't it, know if... It, I, you're not going to have like the old days where one fails and drags a studio no. under. No, the more... Um, Maybe you can answer this, Dave, but like with something like the Marvel Universe or the DC Universe, like because there's certain shared resources and shared assets between them, and I know it's not, you know, because, you know, every film is its own production, even if it is a part of a franchise, but the more you make, does it, is it right to say that um, they could potentially get cheaper the more of them you make? Like, because the more of well, them you make, presumably you've got. Potentially, if, if you started doing it as an actual almost production line, churning them out, yeah. That's why the Matrix sequels and the Back to the Future sequels are shot back to back. Because you have the window on the talent. That's the thing that also costs. Mm-hmm. Because if you need to buy someone out of their uh, other project, or you know you can't afford to wait for another two years, because again, you've got your shareholders. Uh, reading the, uh, the book about Don Simpson, High Concept, Don Simpson and the Culture of Hollywood Excess by Charles Fleming. There's uh, a lot of focus on uh, Don Simpson, the producer, along with Jerry Bruckheimer, doing Days of Thunder, which was the follow-up to Top Gun, mm-hmm. uh, which one, they, in early meetings, they just called it Top Car <laughs> or, top, or Top Gun on Wheels. And one of the executives, they knew that the script wasn't ready and they knew they would be rushing it, even though the script was written by Rock Town, of all fucking people, mm. to Chinatown. But there's a line which is really instructive and they say... We needed a movie for 1990. We needed a big summer hit. And we had a window on Tom Cruise. And suddenly everyone felt a little bit better about things. And so, yeah, I mean, if it was going to be, a, as you say, a production line, then, yeah. But in Hollywood accounting, you can have... Uh, and this is why uh, Harry Shearer from Spot, you know, Spot Tap, Simpsons, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that essentially... You know, Hollywood accounting is about kind of moving profits around. So, movies Mate, on most of these films, the most creative people are the accountants. Yeah, those are the guys you need in there. But what studios sometimes do is they they claim that budgets for one movie are actually pulled against other ones. So you may have Harry Potter and then X, Y, and Z taking up the budget pool. Harry Potter probably takes up the most, but you can use any losses or under or you know written down. Uh, profits on the other ones to say that actually the overall pool is not as high because it's tethered to the other movies. Was it Empire Strikes Back that didn't make a ton of profit? Goodfellas never made any money, apparently. Empire Strikes Back still uh, still looking. So mm. in the negative. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, lads, we lost money on the Empire Strikes Back. But if Excuse you if me. you shoot an episode 11 and episode 12 at the same time, you go, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take out these studios in Pinewood. And episode 11 shoots all its interiors and stuff here, whilst episode 12 is on location in Jordan and Mm. Scotland and wherever else you are. And then when episode 11 goes out to shoot its exteriors, episode 12 moves in to Pinewood into those sets and shoots all those things there. So, I mean, it's not an impossible scenario that we're heading towards that. No, I don't think so. And hasn't, wasn't 
one of them, Infinity War or something like that. I don't know, split into two parts or something. So you would imagine that they would have done much the same thing. Yeah, that, that's a weird one, that, because like it was meant to be Avengers Infinity War parts one and two, and now it's just Avengers Infinity War, and the second part is, I think it's as yet untitled now, so that okay. it's not Infinity War part two. It's just Infinity Wars, where they go back. <laughs> but this time. But this time. They go back with a bunch of Marines. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so, yeah, and a lot of that was shot in Edinburgh, which is, which is bizarre to me. But I found out, and I was like, why the fuck are they shooting in Edinburgh? And then I found out that, like, it, it, they're shooting on location in Edinburgh because part of the film is set in Edinburgh. I'm like, that's a beautiful city, Jim. Get, it's one what? of the many pearls of the UK. But nothing <laughs> happens in Edinburgh. What, what kind of drama do you get in Edinburgh apart from, like, a student fucking vomiting? Like, <laughs> Yeah, but it's a movie that I think the characters would bring the drama. Yeah, well, one would fucking hope so. I watched World War Z, and there are not normally zombies here. Why did? What's going on? Sorry, there was loads of dogs around Greyfriars Bobby last week, so there's loads of shit goes on in Edinburgh. <laughs> so, um... Kinnell! You know, um, on World War Z, the, the Philadelphia scenes were shot in Glasgow. Yeah. And it really pissed Philadelphia off. Um, there was a massive rebuke from the mayor of Philadelphia, I believe. They do that all the time. Manchester's always New York. Yeah. <laughs> it's tax, baby. They Give had, me a tax they break. A, they it's way, way, way there. cheaper to shoot here than it is to mm. shoot there. That's but I why. remember reading this this letter that the, the mayor had wrote, and he's like, but the film I never read that letter. The film industry are a bunch of bastards, and, uh, and I hope Glasgow enjoys the fucking money. And Glasgow was just like, what's... Aye, we will. <laughs> Glasgow was like, what's money? <laughs> <laughs> well, sticking with that, spooky Rushton Sam says, uh, film utilises colour, sound and cinematography to bring across the message. What games do this the best? For example, Metal Gear Solid 3 is a great No games combat. have ever done anything good. Okay, and so the next question... Um, <laughs> Loads of games I have. I, I always felt like Bioshock is a great world building there. Looks mm. incredible. Yeah. The Last of Us. Kane Lynch 2. That's um, a fact, Kane Lynch 2. Specifically sort of using uh, colour and, um, you know, cinematography and things like that. There's weird kind of examples now because, um, you know, because GPU power is getting to the point where it's it's cheap to do. You're getting a lot of uh, games that play, play around with colour grading. So, like, obviously... Um, Every every video game has had like a visual style and a color palette, and you know, not um, this chromatic aberration but, shit. But now, like you're getting people playing around with you know, like, you know, playing around with grading in the same way that they've been doing on films for a long time. Are you talking more kind so, of cinematic looking? I mean, yeah, well, the Uncharted games have always had that. The last yeah, one, especially. Yeah, I mean, the Uncharted games are brilliant in because they're they're they're, they're literally set up to make it feel like you've just kind of appeared in a film. I mean... Yeah, I haven't played the last Tomb Raider, but the previous one to that, that was just, like, playing your way through an action film. Yeah. Cutscenes worked I mean, perfectly the, with the action. The phrase interactive movie was thrown around a lot in the 90s with the FMV games and stuff mm -hmm. that around at the time, but I think, like, the modern Tomb Raiders and, like, things like Uncharted are the best interactive movies that have you know that, that have ever been made i, I don't know if this is just talking about interactive uh, movies though because i mean medal of honor frontline i loved that and in terms of the visuals and the sound mm -hmm. that was fucking incredible mm. world building there was um uh what was that what's that one that's based on heart of darkness spec ops the line mm -hmm. um it's like a really great game with an amazing kind of twist sort of halfway through that is um kind of 
it kind of shocks you really to the uh, uh, the motivations of the character. Mm. And, uh, you know, what? Yeah, I, uh, I didn't really buy. I mean, I like. All right. All right. Fine. Hold on. I like what he I like what he shoots for, right? Uh-huh. But at the same time, there's still you know there's still a game where you run up to people, press X, or stomp their heads. It's the same thing in that fucking Tomb Raider game, the new one. Yeah, it looks nice, and I really like how it plays. Like second to second, feels really good to play. It looks really good. And it's like, oh, it's a story about Lara and uh, you know her fight for survival, and she's scared. And and then excuse me, as soon as she gets a fucking gun, she starts blowing people's heads off. Most of your films involve people blowing. Yeah, but they heads don't off. pretend that they don't pretend that RoboCop is a fucking member of Peter. Do they? And they are a librarian who becomes a robotic killing machine. He's a cop. It makes sense. He's good at shooting stuff. <laughs> this not? is the problem, right? The whole this point, is the problem the with Doom 2016. The problem is, it's got too much talking. The, po- the whole point of Lara in the Tomb Raider reboot mm-hmm. is that she is basically a, a young English girl on a gap year that's been thrown into that situation. So, yeah, but it's... So what do you... When, in what, the new Tomb Raider game? Yeah. So what do you do in that situation... She could stay helpless. She could, you know, or she could take charge of her fate and start fucking. Yeah, but it's the away. way it's delivered. So when you first pull the trigger on someone, uh-huh. I think it's like a quasi cutscene, yeah. and she looks really shocked. Mm-hmm. And then there's a problem with the agency of the player because the next scene, literally, once you've done that, you've now got a gun, yeah. and now I'm running up behind people, fucking executing them. It's yeah. bollocks. No, because she shot someone. Oh, she shot someone now, right? She shot oh, someone. I'm a killer. I've been initiated she now. She shot someone. I'm fat now. Listen to me. She shot someone and then she thought, well, that felt bad, but now I've got to do it 400 <laughs> no, times. No, yeah. But now I've got to do it in incredibly <laughs> gory and I effective mean, ways. Haven't you ever dreaded doing something, done it the once and then just been able to do it? What, like riding a bike? Listen, how do you think being in the army works? They don't fucking greet every time they shoot someone. Yeah, but they also don't go from firing their first killing round and then going up behind people and going... Fucking done it. Yes, they do. No, they don't. Excuse me. Yes, they do. Excuse me. No, they don't. How dare you? (laughs) Are we both excited about the new Tomb Raider film? Oh, my God. It's got one of the worst posters I've ever seen. She's good, though. This is a Vikander. Yeah, she's good. She is good. It's good casting. There's no reason this shouldn't be absolutely fucking amazing. Like the films you watched on the plane. It's good casting. This should just be Indiana Jones. Ah, right. While we're on the uh, subject of Indiana Jones... So I was talking to someone about this after I said that I'd seen uh, the first three on the, or the only three, depending on your uh, outlook, (laughs) on the plane. I'd not seen them for years, but like many other people, you could just remember like the minecart bit or, you know, the Nazi going into the propellers on their plane or whatever, where he shoots the guy with the sword. And having watched them all literally about three days ago, they're not great movies. And this is the reason why they all run in to like form one movie in people's heads. They're movies which have great scenes. They're not great movies. The fucking Temple of Doom is obscenely bad. Its last 20 minutes are okay. It is fucking terrible. Mm. It starts with a 15-minute fucking musical number and then people kicking diamonds from the... And Kate Capshaw, I know it's the character. I, I had to fast forward some of it. I was like, mainly because I was on a plane and I just couldn't... I haven't seen this to... Well, I've seen it. I haven't seen it for so long to say whether I agree or disagree with that. Well, think the about first it. one was good. I remember the first one being great. The first one is the best of the three, but it's still... Fuck off! What? Are you joking? What? Which last, is the best one? Last Crusade's the best one. Shut up, mate. Last Crusade Shut is by up. far the fucking best um, one. Firstly, Last Crusade doesn't have the French guy who's really cool. What's his name? So cool you can't even fucking remember the name of the character. Yeah, I don't know. You tosser. I was on a plane. He's got... He's got, l- he's got fucking Sean Connery as his dad. Yeah, and Sean Connery is good in it. But this is what I'm saying. If you think of Indiana Jones in your mind, 
you just think of all the moments and they run together. An amalgamation. It's bad. No, it's bollocks. No, they're not I, good I, movies. I don't think they are. They're not. Well, they're good movies. Well, I don't know. They're still incredibly problematic. Look, Temple of Doom's shite. Everyone's on that forever. Um, and, uh, but no, Ra- Raiders and, and Last Crusade are cracking. They're, I mean, they're on a level as far as I'm concerned. Nah. But nah. also, <laughs> I know this is, this is a Big Bang Theory gag, which makes it a horrible kind of you can't make the observation without somebody pointing out that it's a it's a Big Bang Theory joke, and that show is terrible. But it is true. It is in fact true that Raiders of the Lost Ark is sort of a bad Indiana Jones story because he doesn't do anything in it. The film would play out pretty much exactly the same way if he was completely uninvolved. So Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you know. When, when they get on the sub at the end. He doesn't stop them going. He doesn't stop them finding the thing. And he doesn't stop them going to the place. And he doesn't stop them opening the Ark. And the whole fucking film is about him trying to find the Ark and stopping the fucking Nazis from opening it. So should he just, what, let him do it and then join at the end? He, compli- he completely... <laughs> he yeah, completely... No, he completely see. fails to stop the Nazis doing anything that they've set out to do. Listen. And then they all die... Because their faces melt when they open the ark, so yeah. that would have happened whether or not Indiana Jones. It's the was the American there or dream, not. isn't it? Failing your way to the top. Yeah. Well, yeah, actually, wins. people are like, it's not the move. Hmm. When people say, "Oh, he could have just left them to it, and they would have opened it in," um, they would have opened it with Hitler and ended the war early. That's misremembering the movie because there's a whole sequence where the Nazi officer says to the French archaeologist, uh, "I'm not comfortable." with doing it a certain way, opening it, and the archaeologist, Indy's rival, says, I, do you really want to go back to Berlin and open it without not knowing what's in there? And if there's nothing there, what will Hitler do to you? Mm-hmm. So actually, the whole thing that Indy should have just left it, it would have played out exactly the same anyway. But... Well, yeah, see, that's the point. But that's like, not the point. Well, that's I'm rebutting it, the point of people who say that if Indiana Jones wasn't involved, yeah. Hitler would have died because that doesn't happen. Yeah, because the they're fucking stu- those people obviously haven't but, watched it. But, but like, why does the why does the hero have to? I can't. The only reason he doesn't actually stop it earlier yeah. is because he's got the rocket launcher and thingy is Marion, is it? But she's, essentially, but the point is, is that in that film, Indiana Jones, it's an Indiana Jones movie, but Indiana Jones is a spectator. He's just there while the Nazis fuck up. <laughs> not, no, but he's just actually, sort of hanging around, and then he's tied to. Yeah, a but post. he's a lecturer, isn't he? There's no reason for him, like Robocop. Exactly. <laughs> right. Firstly, he's not a Superman. Secondly, mm-hmm. he's actually, if they, if he wasn't on the scene, they wouldn't have found the Ark at all, because it's he who finds the Ark, not the Nazis. Yeah, but they would have found it eventually. They wouldn't. They yeah, would not they have found it because probably. they're digging in the wrong place. The whole thing is they've been digging in the wrong place for fucking years. Yeah, they, they, yeah but... They, oh, right, they would have they, found listen, it under they, the... Yeah. Have, look, look, the point is either either it would have played out exactly depending on whether or not Harrison Ford was involved or not, right? Or they just never would have found the Ark and none of it would have happened. But so what? Is, so, it, is it not entertaining? So he's either a spectator or he's like fucking Iron Man creating his own villains. Yeah, but that's, well, that's fine. He doesn't have to save the world. He's a fucking this lecturer. Is, this is why the Avengers is a load of shit, incidentally. This he's a lecturer. This is why all superheroes are bad because like, they always make the point. They always make the point about how like, the supervillains don't happen until the superheroes turn up. Like one is a reaction to the other. And yeah. it's like, all right. That so, could still be a comment, though. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's shit, though, isn't it? 
So. Yeah, I'll tell you what is shit as well. The opening to mm. uh, Last Crusade. Uh-huh. Oh, River Phoenix is really good. However, I don't need to, and it's it's quite well shot. I like the thing them. It's like the circus that's on the train. It's mm-hmm. going to wherever traveling circus, and he keeps going through the different carriages of the train. And it's like, oh, but this is Indy's like origin story. He explains how he gets the you know mm-hmm. the scar underneath his lower lip, and how he learns how to use the whip, mm-hmm. and how he learns how to do X, Y, and Z. You know, like, this is so extraneous. Indiana Jones is just an extremely handsome dickhead. That is the origin story of a lot of white men, okay, especially in cinema, and it doesn't need to be expounded upon. I mean, most origin stories are a lot of shite. Yeah, apart from Robocops, where he gets his fucking arms blasted yeah, off and shit. Yeah, but here's part of the story. Yeah, exactly. I can't have Robocop <laughs> just without turns up. I love oh, it. it's a Robocop. Yeah. I, love it. I love it. You're like, that's the best origin story because it's a man getting his arms blown off. Yeah, he gets his shit ruined. Why don't do the Joker film? I don't want to know the fucking origin of the Joker. Okay, it's yeah. quite funny. Um, well, they did in Batman 89. You, did we do, uh, you ever read Killing Joke? No. Yeah. Don't read comics. <laughs> Graphic novels, Stephen. But no, it's, quite, not. it's quite... Because it, it, that, 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 that presents a, uh, a Joker origin story. But the whole thing is that like, it's probably a lie. It's, you know... It's I mean, not. whatever your criticisms of uh, Christopher Nolan one, I did love the fact that he gives an origin story and you're like, oh, why has he done that? And then the next time he gives a different one mm. about the uh, the smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That was probably the only good moment in that movie. <laughs> there you go. I'd love to have seen the Nolan take on the Riddler. Because it probably would have been a fucking game show host who becomes president or something. <laughs> well, it'd be interesting to know what that third film would have been if Heath Ledger hadn't died. Because it would have had the Joker back in it, for sure. Mm. Would it have? Yeah. Nah. Nah. The most famous part of the second one. Nah. 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 Was the Scarecrow in the third film again? Or... Very briefly, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, like, I prefer Bane like to the K- Joker. K- Killian Murphy's just in his house going, oh, can we get you for 15 minutes? <laughs> yeah, fine. fucking love Killian Murphy. Yeah. Bane, I preferred Bane to the Joker. There you nah. go. Shut up. I did. I did because there's no, no, no going to be a better Joker than Jane Nicholson. Come on now. Oh. I mean, you can, whatever side of the fence you come down on that argument, I mean, you're not, I mean, they're both brilliant, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. But Bane, yeah. I just thought was better. And I, I thought they should have just left in his uh, stupid voice, the one where you couldn't discern almost every, any word he was saying. <laughs> it sounded like fucking Animal from, uh, was it Police Academy? Great. And they went, oh, we can't understand what he's saying, so we have to ADR. Shut the fuck up, man. You should have left it. So there you go, Spooky Rushton. That is the answer to uh, what video games. <laughs> Would benefit most from <laughs> color sound and cinematography, but actually, gone back to that, I don't think it needs to be looking like it's a piece of cinema. I think games like Inside look incredible, I've not and sound it. design as well is great. Um, everybody's gone to the Rapture, Virginia, which that doesn't even have any dialogue, Virginia, those incredible. type of games that Super Mario Brothers. I tell you what, I know neither of you guys have played it, but the way Hellblades, um, you and I, Hellblades come under a lot of criticism recently. But like um, the way it uses uh, cinematic um, kind of uh, tricks, like you know, uh, lighting and color grading and stuff, um, because that's a lot of that game is about switching planes, if you like. So you know, like well, like a connection. No, just sort of like going through a port. I don't mean t- changing at Amsterdam. I mean like, go, like for example, if you got a, a landscape where. Uh, the objects are, are in one configuration and then you walk through a gate and they all change. Like, And you have to figure out the relationship between the two sort of 
versions of the room and there's lots of kind of environmental puzzles like that where the actual the space you're in changes configuration depending on which kind of portal you've gone through mm, that's cool it's 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 kind of but like, shining the video game they um they do a lot of uh the way they telegraph which kind of version of the world you're in can often be down to like the color of it and what they're doing with the, the you know where they are in the day and night cycle and stuff like that so it's like there's a lot of really cool stuff in that in that game that they do visually that you know oh I'll, I'll tell you one actually a game that i've bought years ago but i've only just started playing for some reason heavy rain that's fantastic in terms of its light and sound <laughs> you know what? i love heavy rain i, I haven't completed it so rain. i don't know if you think it's a lot of shite at the end but so far it's brilliant I've, I like I some of it. Rain. Some of it's really good. It's great. It's, no, it's not great. But, it's... It, look, the problem with it is that it's a David Cage game. Well, but yeah, it's aside from the David Cage bits, it's good. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> no so, uh, so we've got for this week. Listen, Thanks I for liked coming. Beyond Our Souls as well. That was well good. Beyond Our Souls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What was, what was the New York Times quote? If uh, if this was a movie as Mr. Cage, as it is, it made apparent, the point that David Cage is clearly a frustrated film director. Yeah, and if this was a movie as as Mr. Cage obviously wants it to be, it'd be considered one of the worst ever made or something like yeah. that. <laughs> what for Heavy Rain? Uh, no, no for Beyond uh, Two, something like that. It's it's very dismissive. Yeah, it's wow. not a. Um, excuse me if I'm uh, paraphrasing. That. Like Heavy Rain is is sort of uh, you know what we were talking earlier. Good about, soundtrack on Heavy Rain. We were it's talking fantastic, earlier yeah. about great. shit directors that have pulled good films out of their arses. Yeah, well, Heavy Rain is David Cage's yeah. good game. He's like Paul W. S. Anderson, right? Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. All right, I'm going now. Bye.